Hello and welcome to October's Fellows Choice podcast summarising the articles from this month's publication of the International Journal of Gynaecological Cancer. I'm Sadie Jones. And I'm Navia Nair. This month we will discuss international practices of enhanced recovery after surgery, cervical cancer screening, surgical treatment of ovarian cancer, and PARP inhibitors in gynecologic cancers. The lead article for October 2020 is Enhanced Recovery After Surgery, or ERAS, in Gynaecologic Oncology, an International Survey of Perioperative Practice by Gitu Bandoria et al. This online survey-based study of 454 clinicians spanned across 62 countries represents the largest and only international enhanced recovery survey conducted to date. The survey posed questions about extent of adoption of enhanced recovery pathways and clinicians' attitudes to ERAS. Overall, 37% reported that ERAS was implemented at their institution. The regional distribution was Europe 38%, Americas 33%, Asia 19% and Africa 10%. ERAS gynaecologic oncology guidelines were well adhered to with greater than 80% in the domains of deep vein thrombosis prophylaxis, early removal of urinary catheter after surgery, and early introduction of ambulation. Areas with poor adherence to the guidelines included the use of bowel preparation, adoption of modern fasting guidelines, carbohydrate loading, use of nasogastric tubes and peritoneal drains, intraoperative temperature monitoring and early feeding. This study concluded that effort should be made to decrease the variation in perioperative care that exists in order to improve clinical outcomes for patients with gynaecological cancer globally. The next article is by Dr. Jingyi Wang et al. and it's titled Real-Time Quantitative Methylation Detection of PAX1 Gene in Cervical Cancer Screening. 1,450 patients undergoing cervical cancer screening from the second affiliated hospital of Chengdu Medical College were identified. 54 cases met inclusion criteria. Of these, there were 21 patients in the normal cervix group, 7 in the CIN1 group, 12 in the CIN2 and 3 group, and 14 in the invasive cancer group. Methylation levels of the PAX1 gene were found to be highest in the invasive cervical cancer group. For cervical cancer screening, the sensitivity was up to 92.3%, and the area under the curve of PAX1 methylation was up to 0.902, notably superior to other commonly used testing methods, including thin prep cytology and HPV testing. The researchers concluded that detection of PAX1 methylation may have great clinical potential in cervical cancer screening using the quantitative methylation-specific polymerase chain reaction assay. In an article by Ying Liu et al. from the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York, the delays from neoadjuvant chemotherapy to interval debulking surgery were evaluated in the context of survival in cases of ovarian cancer. Patients with stage 3 and 4 ovarian cancer receiving neoadjuvant chemotherapy from July 2015 to December 2017 were included in the analysis. 
A delay was defined as an interval of greater than six weeks between the last preoperative chemotherapy and the date of interval debulking surgery. Of the 159 women who underwent interval debulking surgery, 34, 21%, experienced delays from the neoadjuvant chemotherapy to interval debulking. In this study, it was observed that women experiencing delays were older and had often received more chemotherapy cycles. Delays from neoadjuvant chemotherapy to interval debulking surgery were associated with worse overall survival with a hazard ratio of 2.4. However, survival was not significantly shortened after adjusting for age, stage and compared gross resection. Delays were also not associated with shortened progression-free survival. In fact, it was observed that the only variables found to be predictive of worse progression-free survival in this study were increase in number of preoperative chemotherapy cycles and lack of complete gross resection, emphasising the importance of maximising cytoreduction to improve survival. The next study by David Barrington et al. from The Ohio State University shows neuroparib maintenance in frontline management of ovarian cancer to be cost-effective. The PRIMA study, a randomized controlled trial, showed neuroparib maintenance after frontline chemotherapy for advanced ovarian cancer extends progression-free survival. The objective of this study was to determine the cost-effectiveness in this treatment. Decision analysis models compared cost of observation versus neuroparib following chemotherapy for five groups. The incremental cost effectiveness ratios were, for all newly diagnosed ovarian cancer patients, $72,829. For homologous recombinant deficient, BRCA mutated, and homologous recombinant deficient without a BRCA mutation were $56,329, $58,348, and $50,914, respectively. And for non-homologous recombinant deficient patients, it was $88,741. This study showed that for newly diagnosed ovarian cancer, neuroparib maintenance was cost-effective cost-effectiveness was improved when analyzing those patients with homologous recombinant deficiency and BRCA mutation. The next paper by Lawrence Bernard et al. shows that appendectomy at the time of ovarian cancer staging increases infectious complications. In this study, the American College of Surgeons National Surgical Quality Improvement Program database was used to analyse outcomes among women undergoing surgery for suspected early-stage ovarian cancer from 2010 to 2017. Those who underwent concurrent appendectomy were compared to those who did not undergo appendectomy. Patients with ascites, disseminated cancer, concurrent bowel surgery or cytoreductive surgery were excluded. 350 of 2,100 women, 16.9%, underwent concurrent appendectomy at time of surgery. Women with concurrent appendectomy had twice the odds of postoperative infection compared to those who did not. The increased odds of infection remained significant after propensity score stratification. No association was observed with regards to length of stay, readmission, return to the operating theatre or postoperative death. 
Authors concluded that appendectomy at the time of surgery for suspected early-stage ovarian cancer is associated with significant increased risk of post-operative infection and should not be routinely performed. Ross Harrison et al. from MD Anderson Cancer Center evaluated enhanced recovery for obese patients undergoing gynecologic cancer surgery. In this paper, the authors compared post-operative length of stay and complication rates of matched obese and non-obese patients in an enhanced recovery program after open gynecologic cancer surgery. Patients undergoing surgery from 2014 to 2018 were included. Obese and non-obese patients were matched by date, age, disease status, and surgical complexity. 696 patients were included in the final analysis. Obese patients were found to have significantly longer procedure time, 218 minutes versus 192 minutes, and significantly greater blood loss, 300 mLs versus 200 mLs, as well as higher rates of grade 1 to 2 complications, which included wound complications. Post-operative length of stay, grade 3 and 4 complications, reoperation rates and readmission rates were not significantly different between the two groups. Obese patients received more opioids during surgery and after surgery than non-obese patients. Both obese and non-obese patients had similar ERAS program compliance. The authors concluded that the Enhanced Recovery Program was safe, effective, and feasible for obese patients with suspected gynecologic cancer. Anka Chalario Raiku and colleagues from the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston present the new world of PARP inhibitors used in the treatment of gynecological cancer. This review summarizes the current indications of PARP inhibitors, including the treatment and maintenance of recurrent ovarian cancer and for first-line maintenance therapy in advanced ovarian cancer. New concepts for PARP inhibitor therapy in other gynecological cancers such as endometrial and cervical cancers based on recent clinical data are also outlined. Lastly, authors present potential future directions to continue exploring the world of PARP inhibitor resistance and combining PARP inhibitors with other therapies. Thank you for listening to October's Fellows Choice articles. Please tune in again next month.